Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. It's Thursday, October 13th, and that means it's time for my favorite episode of the week. Yeah, I said it. My favorite episode of the week. It's where Dalton Del Don and myself get to dive deep into our nerdy stats. That's right. It's that nerd Thursday, baby. Dalton, what's going on, man? Dude, where do we begin? Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks, our Bucks. It, was, it would have been good content, but they nearly knocked me out of my $6 million survivor. The witchcraft looked real in the fourth quarter. The spell actually flipped, and I might have got a little bit of a break. Violence, that yeah. type of violence doesn't belong in sports, Harmon, that type of violence on that flag. <laughs> I mean, it's, lucky he wasn't in, in prison for that. But uh, anyway, we uh, so very good breaks with Survivor. My guy Gabe Davis, you know, I, I, I'd even shoot you a rare text message. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking and before last week, you know, we bet our lunch bet on Gabe Davis versus Evans. I was talking father's office, a burger joint. Now I'm looking into more steakhouses in the L.A. Uh, greater <laughs> area for our bet. But um, but I think I'm burying the lead here. You and I'm listening to Eckler's Edge this morning and you make fun of people who used to use the newspaper to score their fantasy leagues. And I, unfortunately, was raising my hand. I am that old. And colleague Andy Barron's dude, by the way, is like 10 years older than me. So you deal with a couple of olds uh, in this situation. But how are you, Harmon? I mean, there's so much that we need to unpack right there. Um, starting off with, yeah, it was incredibly offensive that Austin said that about me. Meanwhile, I know the three other boomers on this show. You, Scott, I'm going to throw Scott in there, too. And right, Andy all definitely, that. like, you know, were carving uh, freaking cave hieroglyphics or whatever back at the beginning of fantasy football to score this thing. I was like, I mean, of all the people, of all the people, Austin, give me a freaking yeah, break. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. It, it, we'll see if Gabe Davis can have some bigger, uh, some bigger games like that. We might have to, me and you might have to go drop like five bills at uh at freaking Meat on Ocean in Santa Monica, man. Uh, it, it's looking looking pretty rough uh, for us anti Gabe. I'm again, I'm a Gabe Davis centrist, right? A as I said many many times, but uh, I did take umbrage to your ranking him over Mike Evans. Mike Evans, wide receiver, 19 on the season. Gabe Davis creeping up at wide receiver, 25. We'll see how this thing plays out the rest of the way. 
you'd like to see more targets, obviously. Been so boomer bust, but man, when he's healthy and he actually gets the full practices, he looks like he uh, could be a fun fantasy play. But yeah, it's gonna that'll be a back and forth th- throughout the year, it feels like. But uh, nice to see him bounce back after it looked pretty bad after before last week. Yeah, pretty rare in one single Sunday. Speaking of my boomer co-hosts, um, you know, it's rare to get a te- I got a text from you and Scott. I mean, I, I oh, by man. the way, <laughs> I don't text anybody either. Um, but that's how much that. Gabe Davis and the junior burger uh, version of Gabe Davis, Deami Brown. Uh, were, they were both popping off and got a text from both you guys because of that. So that was pretty funny. But just seriously on the Gabe Davis thing, I don't know how you ever put him back on your bench, right? Because that game is always within the range of outcomes. And, you know, I love a guy. I'm. We're going to talk about Jacoby Myers later. And, you know, Jacoby Myers from like a target share perspective, you know, an opportunity perspective you know, blows Gabe Davis out of the water, but I'd much rather have a, you know, even if it's a 16, 17% share of downfield targets in Josh Allen's offense, than like 31% from Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi or whatever. I know that's like kind of an extreme example, but look, Gabe Davis, I'll probably be ranking him around like wide receiver 28, 29, you know, on the low end, maybe 22 in some weeks on, on other ends, which basically goes to show you like you got to probably start this guy every single week right because that big eruption game is is going to be out there and there are going to be games where he has like three for 33 something like that but you're going to live with those lows and you're going to love those highs yeah their pass rate's so high Dawson Knox is banged up I have him as a top 12 uh, receiver in this week's matchup I mean that's the 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 gold mine right there uh, Chiefs versus Bills this week. So love, love Gabe this week, especially. He'll, you know, he'll be more volatile than most receivers, though, how he's being used as high A dot, low target, no doubt. But man, this week is actually one where he could, the targets might be there as well. Yeah, you'll see the matchups overall, like when they're coming. I think this is obviously one. Uh, the Steelers was a good one, you know, with the lack of, um, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick being banged up in the yeah. secondary, the lack of TJ Watt. Um, it is, we're jump, we'll just go ahead and jump right into the news because this gives us a, a clear jumping off point here. Isaiah McKenzie clears the concussion protocol. I'd expect him to be back for week six. Obviously, that's going to figure into the target mix for Gabe Davis. That's part of the reason why he had that big eruption spot because there was no McKenzie. Uh, there's obviously no Jamison Crowder. There was no Don. Austin Knox. Um, we'll see about Knox, but um, Khalil Shakur did pop up. I l- really like Shakir. He's a good, you know, rookie receiver. He's had some up and down moments, but overall, more good than bad, I think. And you know, McKenzie coming back does kind of push Shakir to you know the wide receiver four spot on the team. But I do think, from a target perspective, it could be kind of close between McKenzie and Davis. It's just like Davis's targets are going to be so much more high equity. This is one to pay attention to, especially in PPR leagues. Like I said, Knox is battling an injury. Shakir was impressive last week. He had a, a drop, but I believe he caught a touchdown later on that same drive. So it'll be interesting just to see if they split the slot snaps like you know they were kind of doing with Crowder. Uh, if McKenzie goes back to being a full-time guy, then he absolutely could be huge fantasy value moving forward. But Shakir and uh, McKenzie, how they, you know, how they allot those snaps this week out of the slot will definitely be something to pay attention to. Other big news today, Dolphins quarterback Skylar Thompson is going to start for the team in week six against the Vikings. Um, 
you know, they, they got like Reed Sinet on their practice squad. That's the quarterback situation for the Dolphins right now. Tua um, not going to be coming back for this game. You know, Teddy Bridgewater also knocked out of last week's game, you know, right away. I mean, damn, dude, Teddy, Br- I had a text from Dalton and Teddy Bridgewater was out of the game before I even got home from shooting FFL at the studio in the morning. So um, also worth noting that uh, Adam Schefter reports the Dolphins are, quote, optimistic that Tyreek Hill, who's got a foot injury, will play in week six as well. I feel like we just kind of know how this offense is going to is going to go when, you know, Skylar Thompson's the quarterback here, man. It's like, you know, the air yards come down. The target share remains there for for Tyree Kill if he plays. But I think it does make a guy like Jalen Waddle, although he can get schemed up those looks, too. It just brings the ceiling down for everybody here. Yeah, um, it was clear this is where this was headed when the spread opened Vikings minus three on the road. I mean, is Teddy Bridgewater really worth six points? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm taking the, I think the so. home I dog. Know. Yeah, I mean, maybe Thompson is that bad, uh, but uh, I don't know nothing about him. But I know the Vikings were lucky to beat the Bears last week at home. I mean, if it wasn't for that one block in the back call, uh, Fields is scoring the game time touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of Mostert this week. We'll talk more about him. Um, downgrade, a, I mean, you have to downgrade Hill and Waddle with the third string QB. I expect this to be more of a low, lower scoring game. I mean, even when Minnesota gets the lead, they just totally take their foot off the gas pedal. So, um, yeah, it's, it sucks. Yeah, Bridgewater and Tua, now we're, we're, we're to QB three here with some awesome receivers that are getting all the target share that's be great for fantasy managers. So very frustrating, but hopefully Bridgewater and Tua both both get right quickly. Yeah, 100%. Um, just, you know what to do here. And, and the Vikings, it's a shame too because their pass defense is, is extremely exploitable. So uh, we can still get a couple of big plays here, but they're going to have to be like long catch and run type things. Last bit of news here. Um, I wanted to highlight this because I think it is sneakily important. Broncos coach Nathaniel Hackett said that tight end rookie Greg Dulcich will be, you know, he's going to return to practice this week. He's been on IR with the hamstring injury. I know we don't typically get excited about rookie tight ends. Uh, we expect it to be a slow burn position, but my God, Dalton, like the vibes in Denver aren't really great. There's about 50 things you could say, you know, has gone wrong for the Broncos so far, but I am. I have been shocked at how much of their passing offense is like trying to get big plays from these dust tight ends down the seam. If Greg Dulcich comes back and and the team is as high on him as all the offseason reports indicated, you know they've shoved Albert O completely to the side, and you know, like I said, they're running out these dust tight ends. We're all desperate to to figure out a solution at the tight end position. I feel like Dulcich is a long shot, but it's at least something to monitor. The Broncos ranked dead last in EPA per rush, tied with the Bucks, and now don't have Javante Williams for the season. Oh, uh, part of the part of the thesis, while uh, morons like myself li- liked Albert Zero, was it Russell Wilson? You know, he does throw to the tight. He does throw to the tight the tight end, and they have been utilizing the tight end quite a bit there. Just not Albert O. Um, so yeah, it could be it could be Dulcich immediately. So um, yeah, he's absolutely on the fantasy radar in the at a position that's even weaker than possibly imagined. And hopefully Wilson's healthy though. I mean, he had a PRP yeah. injection and clearly not obviously not doing well so far in his new surroundings. But I agree with you that Dulcich is absolutely on the fantasy radar in deeper formats. Yeah, just keep an eye because if he goes out there and you know runs a ton of routes in his in his debut whenever that whenever that is, he's a guy that everybody will be like wanting to pick up. I'm actually kind of disappointed in myself that I didn't. Um, although I think this news item came out afterwards, but he would make a pretty perfect like getting in early for the waiver wire segment that I do with Andy uh, at the beginning of the week. Like he would be a good good candidate for that. All right, let's move into the stats of the week. Um, 
I talked about this stat with Austin uh, as we were breaking down week five running back performances, but I wanted to talk about Josh Jacobs with you as well. Josh Jacobs, 30.3% of his carries have been a first down or a touchdown. He's second behind only Aaron Jones among running backs with 60 plus carries. Dalton, I feel like the entire fantasy community, except Andy Barron's, needs to do like a mea culpa for just letting Jacobs fall and fall and fall and fall and fall. It's like I made the point with Austin yesterday that sometimes when we get scared of the hot hand approach, it's like the hot hand can be the old guy, you know, theoretically. Jacobs actually isn't that old, but like the guy that we're used to rather than like the new hot guy in Zamir White or Amir Abdullah, all these like offseason reports about Amir Abdullah. Jacobs has just been running his ass off, man. He looks like a huge fantasy value at this point. Things can change so quickly. It didn't look so great after the first two weeks, but now it looks like a smash play. Props to Barons. I have zero shares of Jacobs, but the key here, he's seen five targets in each of the last three games, dominating red zone work. He's passing the eye test, to say the least. I mean, he looks like a beast out there. I mean, I know you guys were talking about it. Rare it is, you know, uh, they declined his fifth-year contract. I mean, man, he's playing for for a new one, and he's looking fantastic. Darren Waller hasn't looked right all season, and now he's dealing with another injury. So this offense is just going to be centered around Jacob. So yeah, congratulations if you have him. I would absolutely not be looking to 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 try to trade high or anything. I'd just be happy after the bye. They're at home against Houston. Um, yeah, I know Jacobs looks like one of the rare true three down feature backs. And uh, yeah, he looks uh, he looks like he's it's here to stay. I mean, if he stays healthy, it looks like he's going to smash moving forward. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, on that fifth year option point, uh, I did want to make a note of this because we talked about it yesterday. Uh, oh, Brett right. McLeaf. Thank you for uh, following instructions on the pod yesterday. Tweeted at both Austin and I uh, over you know this morning and said that Leighton Vander Esch had his fifth year option declined by the Dallas Cowboys, but was re-signed by the team. Again, I I think that's the only one I can remember. But Jacobs is like on path to to do that, right? Like, uh, and you know he was one of the three guys drafted in the first round that that year, and um, he's looking like he might turn this thing around, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that's a great poll, by the way. No, I thought there was going to be Amir Abdullah was going to be the th- passing down guy, but it's just not been the case. Jacobs has taken over that role, and he's uh, he's looked just so, so good, too. Again, just passing the eye test, he looks really, really strong out there. So congratulations if you drafted him. And you got a... Uh, I mean, you got him in the middle rounds, too. So these some middle man, though, dead zone, I guess. I mean, you look at Damian Pierce, uh, Brees Hall, uh, Jacobs. There's a few, uh, few winners out there. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously been been some duds as well i mean cam Akers total dud in the dead zone obviously um you know jk dobbins has you know obviously been on a slow burn elijah uh, mitchell immediately got hurt yeah yeah Yeah. right but some of those penny rashad penny just went down i liked him too you know so you're right definitely hit definitely hit and miss Hit, hit and miss for sure but since you mentioned Josh Jacobs and you mentioned those two rookies as well, Miles Sanders, by the way, another one um, who has been a almost like even sometimes went like after the dead zone, too. And so did Damian Pierce, you know, at different points of the offseason. Those four guys, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, rank them rest of season for me. Hall, Pierce. Uh, oh, man, that is wow, J- Hall, Pierce, tough, tough Jacob, Sanders. Yeah, Sanders still doesn't get the targets of the others. But um, man, I'd go that. Pierce had the most broken tackles ever recorded in a single game by PFF last week. I mean, wow. There's no wrong answer there. I think it's all the similar tier, except, I mean, Sanders does not quite get the targets, and he has a beast running uh, quarterback stealing goal line. So I think he's kind of my fourth of those of those three. But Brees Hall would be my, my first the upside there. What, what are your thoughts? I think I'd have it. 
Hall, Pierce, Jacob, Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What I said. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I think we're on the yeah. same page. Um, I you good points about Sanders being kind of like, but I do think those are all the same tier. What if I throw just since Ken Walker is like the big talk of, Ooh, of fantasy, yeah. you know, Twitter. Talk, Ken Walker, where uh, by the way, but one thing before you answer the question, the people out there who are getting so pissed about you know fantasy analysts talking about picking up ken walker come back to reality for a second okay like the guy is literally available in like over half of he was not anymore obviously he's going to be picked up everywhere but like that's great for you that you play in a league that every like the ken walker was rostered or whatever but people have to create content for everybody okay like sure you might be in a super diehard league that pays attention whatever but just relax okay it, it's one of those things like Oh, you see a fantasy analyst say that oh, you, everybody on Twitter should go pick up Ken Walker, and you get upset about it. Just keep scrolling, okay? Like, just keep scrolling. I put him right there with it, though. He is another possible league winner, right there in that same tier. Probably more closer, closer to to the to the Sanders because Walker again may come off the field in passing downs. I do worry DJ Dallas will step in there, and but you know a bit of an unknown here. And this Seattle offense went from most of us thought was going to be one of the worst fantasy situations to arguably the best, not just one of the best. I mean, they're somehow uh, getting the second most yards per play while allowing the most on defense, and they've picked up their pace even, and they're concentrating all their targets to two receivers. So I love Penny, Penny the player. Unfortunate. For him to go down and now walker could step up and just already saw him have that explosive run too so he's right there with the Brees halls damian pierce's uh with the the real difference makers moving forward yeah i agree with you i think those guys are all a tier um i yeah ken walker and miles sanders that's a tough one to go back and forth with i'm gonna jump ahead on the outline because i think this guy kind of makes sense to, to talk about here Najee harris I, i'm gonna have you group him in with those guys here in a second but you know, Mike Tomlin comes out this week. Austin and I talked about it uh, on the podcast yesterday. Mike Tomlin wants to see more of Jalen Warren. He wants him to play more. That's already sort of becoming a theme at this point. You know, 21.1% of Jalen Warren's carries have gone for 10 plus yards this year. Just for context, I know these guys have obviously carried the ball more. Aaron Jones, 21.3%. Nick Chubb, 20.4%. Again, obviously those guys have more carries. They've dealt with more, but... That just goes to show you they want to see more of Jalen Warren because Jalen Warren has run well. And, of course, the passing down role is even a little more precarious. 33.6% routes per team dropback since week three for Jalen Warren, 37% for Najee Harris. And the more you do it more recently, the, the, the more precarious it becomes for Najee Harris. The thesis of Najee Harris this year, Dalton, was, well, he's going to get all the volume. You know, the Steelers always run a single running back. These, this guy's going to get all the volume. Well, that's already kind of fallen by the wayside, and the offense has looked really bad. Najee Harris hasn't necessarily run really well either. I, I kind of question how healthy he might be. There was all those injuries in the preseason. What is your level of panic on Najee Harris and with this whole Jalen Warren development going on? I would rank Najee uh, distantly behind all those people, all those running backs we mentioned before. Yeah. Oh, I've been man. suggesting to try to get Brees Hall for him a couple weeks ago straight up. I have zero shares of Harris. That said, that said, he played 68% of the snaps through three quarters last week, had an 11 to 1 carry lead, a 4 to 0 lead in targets over Warren before that final quarter with the game out of hand. And this week, 
The Bucs have been far better against the pass than the run this year. Uh, Pickett gives them some hope. Uh, Pat Thorman's article says this is a sneaky up-in-pace game, and, and all fantasy managers are hearing that coach talk about Warren. So my suggestion would be hold on to Harris this week, hope for a bounce back, and it might be in a better spot and more playing time than you think, and then maybe look to trade him if possible. Now, that's kind of mm. where I sit with him. So I'm definitely worried about him long-term, but I was – I was concerned about him entering the year, yeah. but I think right now it may not be as dire as it may appear on the surface. Yeah, fair enough. I, I was with you that I I don't have any Najee Harris teams either. He was not part of my draft plans. Like if he was on the board and Steph Diggs was on the board, I was taking Steph Diggs, you know, even Jamar Chase, although that hasn't really worked out that well at this point. So um, yeah, I, I don't have many Harris teams. I'm not facing this problem myself, but I know that a lot of folks are panicking about this. So I'm glad to hear you say that like, Maybe it's not that bad, but I do kind of agree with you. The more I look at like rest of season rankings, I think he belongs behind Brees Hall. I think he belongs behind Damian Pierce. For sure, you know, the Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Ken Walker one, I could, I don't know, I could kind of see an argument that maybe it goes back to Harris, but maybe I'm still holding on to Priors there. That's fair. Yeah. I, yeah. At worst, the end of that tier. I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Man, Damian Harris, the, the receiving eruptions coming. I know the yards doesn't look like it there, but they're dumping it off to him and he looks like he can he can catch the ball, man. And yeah. I've read some good stuff about his underlines uh, as a receiver in college, too. So, yeah, Damian man, Pierce. Pierce yeah. yeah. Love him. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah circle back there. But yeah, Najee Harris, definitely concerned long term, but uh, maybe he has a bounce back game this week and then see if you can move him. 100%. All right. Let's talk about a couple of Patriots here. Uh, Jacoby Myers. I I'm going to bang the drum for Jacoby Myers at any chance I get, because I think he is one of the most underrated real-life NFL receivers. I've called him, and I don't mean this as a disrespectful thing, but he is like wide receiver cockroach because he just he just survives, man. Like the Patriots bring in Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers is better. The Patriots bring in all these tight ends and Nelson Aguilar last year, Jacoby Myers is better. I know that's not like, oh, they traded for Tyreek Hill or you know something like that, but they keep trying to bring in other guys. Jacoby Myers continues to survive. This came in from uh, our guy, Marvin, Marvin Eloquin, who at FF underscore Marvin E. He's been doing some work for us this year. Jacoby Myers is currently the wide receiver four in target share on the year, obviously adjusting for the games he missed. 31.8% behind only Cooper Cup, CD Lamb, and Drake London. Additionally, going back to 2021, Myers has received a 20% target share at least in 16 of his last 20 games. So Dalton, I ask you, why will the fantasy community not show Jacoby Myers some damn respect? Uh, they absolutely should, especially in PPR. Man, I'm such a donkey. I'm I'm in a high stakes main event league with a live team that I benched Myers for DJ Moore this last week. Worried about the injury, but come on, man, just what a mistake. Uh, everything I read about Bailey Zappi after he fell to the Pats, I believe in round four, was like, oh, of course he fell to them. It was just a lot of positives other than like massive arm strength or whatever. So I really think he looks like a competent player, but maybe that's jumping to conclusions. Either way, he got the job done last week. Myers is a target hog. There's some concern. Maybe the rookie Thornton demands some targets eventually, but either Aguilar left last week with a hamstring injury or was benched after that drop. Yeah. Either way, he didn't play another snap. And obviously they're down a running back for multiple weeks in Harris. So Myers is the man. I'm going to treat him as a, I mean, a top 25, even in half PPR, probably uh, in, in our uh, fantasy pros ranks moving forward uh, this week. Real quickly though, I will have to say uh, looking into DFS, uh, the Browns have allowed the fewest fantasy points to the slot this season. Mike Clay, 
today's matchup article points out that, you know, this is probably one of the few like really tough matchups uh, for him because he's really exclusively out of the slot. But man, he's awesome. Just a target hog dating back to last year and touchdown regression is coming. Yeah, uh, that might be the only thing that the the Browns have done well defensively, as we'll touch on here in a second. You know, not only um, did Nelson Aguilar get benched, like Jacoby Myers, 95.5% routes per team dropback in week five. Um, the only other person who was ahead at 80% was Hunter Henry. You know, Devontae Parker, even 40.9%. Um, I do think Thornton's really interesting. You know, 21.4% targets per route run last week. Um, you know, he's super skinny, right? He, he's like a twig dude out there. It, it's, you know, it's wild. But um, I think at some point we might see them try to get some big plays to him. 15.3 air yards per target for Thornton. I think he just makes a natural replacement for Nelson Aguilar in that role. Um, like, he's, I don't know. It's just he's a weird player to project because he's. He hasn't played a lot. Obviously, he he was injured in the in the preseason, but um, I do think he could be a long term replacement, you know, and maybe even a short term replacement for Nelson Aguilar. I just don't know that he like overlaps that much with Myers and you know Parker too. Falling completely out of the mix as well is really interesting for Thornton. Yeah, Thornton really received quite a bit of hype in the preseason. So I think he's worth stashing in deeper fantasy leagues. Might not be the greatest situation right away for him to make an impact, but uh, the unknown there, the upside, is worth a worth a, a stash for sure. Can we get to the uh, the big yeah, yeah. The story here, Stevenson? I yeah, mean, yeah. Man, Ramondre uh, led all backs in snap percentage last week, and Harris played the first half. By the way, um, uh, Stevenson handled all 27 running back opportunities after Harris left with a hamstring injury. Uh, now this week, the Browns are allowing 5.3 yards per carry the most epa per rush by a wide margin third most fantasy points to running backs cleveland also by the way is averaging the fourth most combined points during their games this week my only debate with with, with ramonde stevenson right now is am i ranking him one two or three on my board uh for running backs this week quick quick side tangent um my wife plays in my home league we do a slow draft uh she drafted without running it by me she drafted uh stevenson over waddle like Waddle was going 35 picks higher in, in, in PPR leagues. I have not given, I've wow. never stopped giving her and since it happened because usually <laughs> she vets her picks before me. And now here I am, here I am ranking Stevenson as a top three back. And Waddle, as he's seen more than six targets in all, but I think just one game this season, and now has Skylar Thompson throwing him the ball. So, man, football changes quickly, too, because Stevenson looked like a bad pick after the first couple of weeks. He was getting ignored. It's like, oh, people who thought he was going to be a pass catcher, you know, what a stretch. Belichick, you know, going to be competing with three or four different backs. But don't get me wrong, they will. They only had two backs active last week. That'll change, and they'll. Yeah. he won't get all the snaps this week. But Stevenson in this matchup and just how good he looks, uh, talk about of all the young, impressive backs. I mean, he's up there. It looks as, as good as any on tape so wheels up Ramondre Stevenson yeah uh, Austin was like stunned yesterday when I told him that they only had two backs active um which is interesting yeah. but dude Dalton I, I love you so much man because I go on like the Yahoo fantasy rankings page like to see where everybody is on Stevenson so I was like yeah I'm, I'll put him in Running back nine, nine. I, I'm I'm really high on him this week, man. You know, Andy's got him at eight. Dalton's got him ranked right now. Running back two. I mean, this guy. What a what a what an unbelievable commitment to the ageist bit here. And it's not a bit, but I, look, it's it's tough to argue because he is set up so well. You mentioned the matchup against Cleveland. We talked about that with with Eck as well. Like the, the Cleveland defense cannot defend the run. There's so many schematic issues personnel issues there right now um the freaking falcons with caleb huntley and, and and tyler algier ran all over them the week prior 
And Stevenson has been kind of moving into that passing down role overall. He's run around on 51% of the dropbacks all season, 60% since week three. And of course, he's been great as a runner as well. So Dalton, I mean, it is really all lining up for Ramondre Stevenson season as the kids so to put. Put in perspective, if you uh, the the team that's second worst in EPA per rush, the Falcons, if you doubled what they've given up, it still wouldn't reach what the Browns have allowed on EPA per rush oh this, this season. So it's been pretty bad. But it always maybe it doesn't work out this way perfectly. But I could you could also argue that Stevenson was kind of due for some touchdown equity. You know, last week he didn't. I don't yeah. believe he scored right. He gave up. Yeah, he, he lost some touchdowns. So I don't know, man. I I feel like given the matchup, how good he is, and that team just runs the football. I mean, he's the centerpiece of the offense. So yeah, to me, he's a he's an easy top five back this week. I, I mean, I'm all the way on board f- with you here, man. I, I think this is Ramondre Stevenson's time. Uh, Bill Belichick even said after the game uh, last week, his big breakout game, he's a good all-around back. Love him. Love him. That's two two lovings from, from Bill Belichick there on Ramondre Stevenson, who, you know, never praises his own players, usually just saves it for the opponents. So, yeah, it is. I just love that I, I pull up the rankings page, and I'm like, oh, yeah, let me see where everybody else is. I know I'm pretty high on Ramondre and <laughs> Dalton. Just two. Two. We love to see it, man. I might uh, yeah. talk myself into one by the by the game time. Hey, man. Yo, dude, you should. What do you, what, what do you got to lose, bro? Yeah, just go ahead and do it. I mean, put him ahead of Nick Chubb. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, sure. Are you, oh, well. you worried about? Are you worried about your accuracy, right. pal? No, I mean, you're right. On. You're right. I will. You're right. I will. You're right. Don't yeah. be. Stop being a coward. I will. Right now. Yeah. Don't. Be, don't. Yeah. Good. Perfect. Love to see it. All right. Dalton and I have to recoup from all that Stevenson talk. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do the rest of the week six stats. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, Dalton, let's talk about one of your former 49ers friends here, Raheem Mostert. Looks like he's officially taken over the Dolphins' backfield in week five. 19 touches for Mostert, 20 routes run for Raheem Mostert. 39% of his carries went for five-plus yards. He just ran really well in this game. Good matchup this week. Vikings are 27th in rushing success rate allowed. I mean, even Miles Gaskin got ahead of Chase Edmonds uh, there. I mean, uh, we did a video segment earlier, Dalton, and, and I said, like, we know the deal with, with Raheem Mostert. It's the concern about him and what led to Chase Edmonds being so much higher on the draft board, which I feel like a jackass because I was in on Chase Edmonds. I have some Chase Edmonds teams. also have a few Raheem Mostert teams, but I was definitely ranking Chase Edmonds ahead of consensus. It's well, We know that Raheem Mostert is you know, he's not durable, whatever. They gave Chase Edmonds all this money. The yeah, deal with Raheem Mostert, he might not be here for a long time, but he's here for a good time, man. Like That's what I said to you this morning, and, and I feel like this is a really good time to be in on Raheem Mostert. Yeah, I blew this as a Niners guy. I know how good Mostert can be, and I ranked Edmonds aggressively. Maybe I was just frustrated because Mostert's injury, uh, so injury prone, but maybe finally got that knee fixed and went healthy. The guy is so, so good. Uh, Chase Edmonds is snap share by week, 63% in week one, 51%, 44%, 28%, 15%, 15%. 
last week. That's a bad trend. Mostert played 100% of the snaps last week in the two-minute drill even. So, like, I mean, he's never really... He played receiver in college, but he was never really been yeah. targeted much uh, as, a, as a back in the NFL. But, yeah, with um, banged up Hill, third-string quarterback... I, in a close game, I think Mostert's looking at 20-plus touches again this week. And if he can stay healthy, he's an RB2 at minimum. And when that offense gets healthy, he'll have RB, uh, RB1 weeks. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely a great, great fantasy pick if you landed Raheem Mostert. Yeah. Um, Chase Edmonds, man, is, you know, he's been one of the least efficient rushers in the NFL. Um you know at one point it's different points he's been like in the basement in like next gen stats rushing yards over expectation uh he had a pretty rough drop in that game last week and like that's supposed to be his thing and i know like you don't want to kill players for drops too much but he hasn't been a great asset in the passing game and like when you have your third string quarterback out there a day three rookie you can't really afford guys out there you know missing assignments making mistakes you know what this kind of reminds me of Dalton and it's not fair because Jared McKinnon got hurt and stuff like that but it reminds me of like the when the 49ers would go out and spend big on Jared McKinnon and then you know some goofball running back would and it was like that never mattered whoever was good was good and was gonna play and that's what it feels like in, in Miami right now and there's a McDaniel connection here McDaniel yeah, brought course. in Mostert. I, I mean, I underrated that. It, he loves them and he's looking good and healthy. And he's so fast. You know, he's perennially among the fastest running backs with the pads on. So, yeah, you, you really love to see it. I mean, I, I'm happy for Mostert, man. The guy's yeah. just dealt with so many injuries throughout his career. Um, hopefully uh, he can he can stay relatively healthy moving forward. Yeah. So right now, consensus wise, you and I are the highest ones uh, among our Yahoo rankers. I've got him at 20. You've got him at 21. Andy's 26. Scott's 23. I feel like I could end up bumping him, yeah, up, as, him up. As, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As the week goes on, man, because the matchup is there. And, and, you know, with the third string quarterback, a rookie back there, they're just I think you're going to do what they did last week. Just put the ball in, in Raheem Mostert's hands over and over and over again. I feel like Chase Edmonds is, you know, he, he's going to be kind of in that. um range of guys that he's basically like a Alexander Madison or a, or a, um, a, a Isaiah Pacheco, like a guy that you can't start, but he's purely a stash. And really, if you drop him, like I, during the bye week run, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk you out of it, which sucks. You know who I'd way rather have than Chase Edmonds? I have the new version right now, Eno Benjamin in Arizona. That's that's who I would want right now far more with Daryl Williams and uh, and James Conner out in this matchup this week, too. I like yeah, Eno. how are we feeling yeah. about Eno Benjamin? Talk, talk about Benjamin. I feel upset that I think I, I, I felt like it was if Connor went down, it was going to be Benjamin and Williams. So I dropped a lot of Benjamin in many leagues and now both got hurt last week. And uh, Connor may try to give it a go, but Seattle's been smashed by opposing backs. And I could see a lot of dump offs there. And Benjamin's, you know, he's impressed at times before. So I feel like he's got sneaky upside this weekend with with uh, you know, the rest of that backfield injured. But yeah, like I said, related it to, to Edmonds coming from that backfield, that, that backfield actually typically produces a ton of goal line carries too which Edmonds uh obviously he's not very good there but I think Benjamin could take advantage of it this week yeah it looks like most of us have uh kind of the hedge ranking right now on the Arizona backfield Andy's got um Benjamin at 19 James Conner at 20 you've got 27 for Conner 26 for Benjamin I've got 30 for 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 Benjamin and and 27 for James Conner so we'll just see how the that all plays out but yeah I don't know that <sighs> There's and they're one... tough the afternoon games too, so it's like, is Connor yeah. going to be active or not? That always is a, is is tough. But if they're both, in, if Williams and Connor are out, I will aggressively move up Benjamin as like a top fifteen guy. And I, and you're right about Mostert. I should b bump him up because it's a sneaky good matchup with this um, Vikings team susceptible uh, against the run. Yeah, I couldn't quite bring myself even on teams where 
you know, like there, there's a couple teams where I'm like one and four, right? And and I couldn't quite bring myself to like blow the budget on Eno Benjamin, uh, so I missed out on him in a couple spots. I, I'm not like panicking about that, but you know, you could definitely argue that James Conner, guy who struggled with injuries, you know, hasn't been awesome this year. The whole Arizona offense hasn't been awesome this year, but you know, there's a chance by the time that if James Conner keeps kind of wearing down and Benjamin keeps, you know, kind of surviving, although Keontae Ingram, their rookie running back, might be active for his first NFL action uh, this week as well but you could argue that hey by the end of the season when this offense theoretically should be better with DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown and Rondale Moore like all kind of popping off at once then Benjamin might be the starting back by then yeah Ward's down too so that's why they need to get Ingram up because they have they're running out of bodies there but uh, yeah, yeah and moving forward when Hopkins comes back you know massive splits on off with Murray maybe that offense suddenly is way way better um there so uh yeah I I I think Benjamin has real good upside and should absolutely be rostered in all fantasy leagues. All right. This one, I'm excited to hear your take on. I saw Graham Barfield tweet this one out. Travis Etienne through five games, five plus yards on 45.5% of his carries. That's fifth best in the NFL. 3.3 yards after contact. That's 10th best in the NFL. Snaps have increased in four straight games. 37%, 43%, 51%, 53%. Is this backfield Dalton in the process of flipping there in Jacksonville? Is it not in the process of flipping or has it already flipped? Where do you, where do you stand on this? Yeah, I'm I'm back to ETN like we were on draft day. Good story for Robinson, but it does feel like, you know, that Achilles injury has sapped some explosiveness. This week in particular, facing a tough uh, Colts run defense, ranked second in DVOA, and they're av- they're allowing running backs specifically 24 carries for 79 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. So it feels like ETN is more involved as a receiver, maybe more his type of game. But yeah, I- I'm concerned about Robinson. I would not be feel confident starting him in fantasy, league, especially in this matchup. Whereas ETN, you know, we we're excited about him for a reason, and now that the uh, the snap share is in- increasing, it's 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 it looks like he's taken over the backfield in Jacksonville. What a weird team, though. I thought they were going to bounce back yeah, at home so last weird. week and and totally laid an egg. But yeah, it's still the arrow is pointing up for for ETN. Okay, so I don't think you can put Travis ETN in this group of guys in the group of guys that we talked about earlier. But I want you to think two weeks ahead. I know that's tough to do, but I want you to think two weeks ahead here. Travis ETN, does he will he get into that tier of guys like Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Ken Walker? And Najee Harris, obviously, I think fits in there. Does he get into that tier of guys? And if he does, I know, again, this is tough to do two weeks out, but, I, you know, this is we're trying to be forward thinking here. Can he get into that group? And where would you think he would fall in that group? He absolutely can get into that group, but I do worry that Robinson will just always be there because there was some concern. His pass protection, they like so much, even if he lacked explosion, he'll see snaps. But yeah, he absolutely has the, the fantasy upside to get there. He was being drafted third, fourth round in, in high stakes league. So uh, he he has the upside to surpass them, even if, if if Robinson were to go down. He has the upside. I mean, Hall's still dealing with Michael Carter. So if injuries broke his way, he has as, ups- as much upside as any of those back. And even if Robinson hangs around with the way this is trending, I think he can creep into the back end of that tier. Yeah. It just feels like all those running backs, even Travis Cetienne at some point, like he's the classic guy that I always quote this uh, from Sigmund Bloom. Like you could be right and wrong about in the course of one season. Travis Cetienne is like the leader in the clubhouse for that right now, because if you drafted him in the third, fourth round, you know, two weeks ago, you were feeling like a total idiot. I mean, even at the beginning of the season, the first two weeks, it was like, oh my God, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get nothing out of this. Like there were times where it's like, am I going to end up dropping this guy? Well, probably not now, like maybe in the back half of the year. This is why I say this about all these guys. And I know I'm going to say it about my guy, like Elijah Moore, man, you know, guys, number two and unrealized air yards right now. Like the opportunity is there. The, the, the playing time is there. 
when there are guys like that, you know, don't completely give up hope. Brandon Ayuk last year, right? Like he ended up coming back in the second half of the year and ended up being a huge fantasy asset. I mean, there are certain guys where like it's not, especially at the running back position, like, you know, it's probably not going to happen for like Cam Akers, right? Um, but there are certain but players. But Kamara, Kamara looked like a horrible early second round pick. And suddenly I'm looking at the teams I have him and I'm like, ooh, this is not bad. I mean, <laughs> especially with all the injuries and the receivers there and Andy Dalton starting. It literally was a 180 degree turn in his fantasy outlook in 10 days. Yeah, exactly. Like that can happen for these guys. So, you know, be always be careful when you're thinking about, um, you know, Lord podcast. John sent me a screenshot of somebody picked up Michael Carter and dropped Elijah Moore. And like, I get it. I get why you would do that. But don't be surprised if in two, three weeks, everybody wants to pick up Elijah Moore, stuff like that. Um, You know, like that, that can happen. Remember those priors that you had. Don't necessarily like hold on to them so tightly but you know loosely hold on to those priors because there's a reason that you felt that way right like and if the playing time is still there we know the talent is still there with these players you know Travis Etienne creeping up we know the talent is there those things can turn around quickly so just always remember that stuff I, I try to remember that because and, and there will always be people that never let go of this like chapter of the season where things didn't go well but who cares like we know what the truth is here do you know that Ramondre Stevenson played 14 snaps week one uh, yeah, right. Like I no, yes, I re- I remember that because I've got Stevenson on a on a handful of teams and it was like, "Oh no." I mean, he was had to have been dropped in many, I mean, publicly, I'm sure. I mean, hat, I mean, a, I mean a ton. I mean, he wasn't even I mean, that's crazy. David and Joku, dude, snaps. remember remember our remember yes, our we like, were burying him. Yeah, yeah. We we publicly lashed ourselves for being in on David and Joku. You me, you and Scott, I think we're all really in on David and Joku and we definitely flamed ourselves and, you know, even said uh, uh, yeah, you could probably just go ahead and like he's not. You can drop him. Like he's and I dropped. I there's a that one in four uh, league I had. I have. I had. I had David Njoku as my starting tight end. I drop him for Gerald Everett, and I feel like a jackass right now for doing that. I mean, Gerald Everett's probably gonna be fine, but still. Um, how about how about Aaron Jones in Week One? Right, AJ Dillon. There were people out there legitimately like, oh yeah, AJ Dillon's gonna be a better fantasy, uh, be- better fantasy back than a- Aaron Jones. The rest of the year that looks ridiculous at this point people are asking should they drop aj dylan you know so like things yeah. can change really quickly sometimes not in like week one to week two like how that flipped but certain times like these chapters of the season are one thing and then it ends up becoming another later on i mean you're look no further than your guy eckler's edge i'm like oh liz got a <laughs> smash season from him and harman's gonna get a, you know, a down year from him and then two weeks later he's the, literally the number one ppr back i mean yeah yeah life 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 comes at you quick man things change very fast in the nfl yeah, yeah not so. for long as i think my, my dad called it the nfl but uh yeah it, exactly. it does change quickly man and then and uh yeah so it's so don't give up you know if your if your team's down to a, to a off to a bad record may I suggest every every league's final playoff spot should come down to total points man i mean this your virtual defense you have no you know nothing about that so um yeah i, I think that's one little thing but where, where are we on the on the the next subject here harman now, yeah, let's let's get back on track here. But I think that's good stuff to remember. Um, and yes, I am personally very happy that I'm I'm not going to live through some like bad uh, Austin Eckler season as the host of that show. That's a, for my personal uh, preferences. That is good. Um, let's talk about the Eagles here. Um, worth noting, by the way, as we're recording this, finding out that Mike McCarthy has said that Cooper Rush is probably going to start this game against the Eagles this week. I feel like that any anything there, I feel like that's to be expected. We kind of know what this team looks like with uh, Cooper Rush back there. 
Um, yeah, they're playing hide the QB more so. They're winning a defense, like their second in pressure rate. And Rush has been totally fine and adequate, but there's no quarterback controversy there. They're waiting for Prescott to get healthy, and this is a obviously a tougher match, you know, tougher matchup playing in Philly in primetime. I love football and I love NFL media. And I, I you know, look, I, I live and die by this stuff as much as anybody out there. But for God's sakes, can sometimes we just let like a good backup quarterback be a good backup quarterback, right? Like we don't have to have Cooper Rush like start a handful of games, win them and play well. And everybody has to become like it always has to become a quarterback controversy. I know that it's kind of ironic to say that about Dallas. And like that is literally how they stumbled upon their fell ass backwards, as I often say, into their starting quarterback, Dak Prescott. Like. But Romo was at the end of his career banged up, and, and you know, that's a different situation. Romo before him. I mean, that's what they fell into, too. You know, but it doesn't help when, you're, when, you're, when your owner says it, though. <laughs> Flat out says it, too. That doesn't help, you know, when he's contributing to the narrative. But, um, but yes, uh, this is Dak Prescott's team, for sure. Yeah, and I, I mean, look, I've talked about the Cowboys a lot. I feel really good about all Cowboys right now once Dak gets back, even Zeke to a degree, uh, because he's probably going to see less. They're not going to play high the quarterback as much you're not going to run the piss out of the ball as much as they are right now at this point but still I do think you could argue that the touchdown opportunities for Zeke will be there but regardless let's talk about the Eagles here for a second I know it's always kind of silly to remove like one guy's big week or one guy's slow week but I'm going to do it here with Devontae Smith anyways if you remove week one the Eagles target share since then Devontae Smith 27.6%. 27.6%. A.J. Brown, 26%. Air yard share, 34% for Devontae Smith, 39.5% for A.J. Brown. This is not anything against A.J. Brown, who I love, and I wish I had just had the stones to rank as like a top five receiver this year because I love A.J. Brown, and and I, you know, what am, I, I that, that one, I'm not so much pissed at myself about the C.D. Lamb thing anymore. I am very pissed at myself, and I do need to pray at the wide receiver church for forgiveness for not being higher on AJ Brown. So this is not an anti AJ Brown thing, but I feel like Devonte Smith, that's another one that I, dude, I buried Devonte Smith in all of my preseason rankings because I didn't have enough imagination that Jalen hurts was going to get that much better, but he has gotten that much better. And these guys are elevating him as well. Where are you at Devonte Smith rest of season? I just think this one's really interesting. So, yeah, I'll elaborate on your over the last month, four games, PPR fantasy points, A.J. Brown, 52, Devontae Smith, 69. So it's definitely uh, this is another example of how quickly things change after week one, A.J. Brown, 13 targets, you know, the college narrative of like he, oh, we all didn't rank him high enough. And then ever since then, oh, the concern about Smith was real. So, yeah, quickly changed there. Smith is obviously a star in college. Um, so, yeah, you have to rank them closer together and, and, and less separation, uh, the more evidence we see here. I did rank Brown aggressively this week. I think maybe he's due for a game to, to go back oh, to yeah. double-digit targets here. But, yeah, man, Smith looks great. And A.J. Brown is uh, you know now definitely competing for targets in an offense that's clearly going to be very, very run-heavy. So, while I can't wait to see what this team gets you know competitive four quarters, uh, Jalen Hurts keeps doing all his damage in first halves of games. So I'm <laughs> yeah. waiting to see what happens when they actually have to throw for four full quarters. Yeah, I think that will be really interesting and we'll learn more and more about Jalen Hurts. So are you with me that A.J. Brown's like a top eight receiver rest of the season for sure? Yeah, I have him seventh this week. So yeah, I'm right. Yes, yes. So what, what about Devontae Smith? Like the more I look at it, I think he should be, I mean, he should be top 20, top 24 rest of season receiver. Yep. 
Yep, that sounds exactly right. I have him twenty third this week. Yep, top yeah, a wide receiver back in wide receiver too. I mean, yeah, Hurts looks so good, and you had the rushing yards. That's why he's smashing each week. But um, yeah, and and then Goddard too is even getting it done. I know, yeah, tight end. So keeping it concentrated there, and yeah, Smith looks good enough, I think, to be a back end wide receiver too moving forward. Yeah, like I think I'd rather have him than. You know, guys are definitely guys I really like, like Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin. I think I'd rather have Devontae Smith, Chris Godwin. I think I'd even rather have Devontae Smith at this point. I just feel like we're never going to get the best version of Chris Godwin this year. And if we do, it's going to be really, really late in the season and in the playoffs. Um, Rashad Bateman, Devontae Smith. I'm not. Well, okay. what about those two? Bateman, Smith and uh, Chris Olave. I'll throw in that group, too. How would you rank those guys? I would say Godwin's a tricky one because he sat out a lot of the second half last week. Were they just, you know, resting him to get him right with the lead? Or is he still battling an injury? Uh, especially this week, the Steelers are getting killed by receivers. So, um, yeah, De- Devontae Smith versus who is it? Sorry, I was thinking Godwin. Who was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said Rashad Bateman, Chris Olave. Oh, Bateman, I, mean, I have a lot of Bateman, but the midfoot sprain just scares me. I mean, I hope it's just a one-week injury. They're acting like he's going to play again this week. But know, given a foot sprain, out. a foot sprain, I'm scared enough to say I would take Smith's floor right now. But Bateman has more upside because he could be the guy there, you know. And uh, But um, no, I would take Smith's floor given a foot sprain issue. But I hope I'm wrong about that because I have a lot more Bateman than I do Smith. Me too. Same as well. Um, what about Chris Olave? Oh man, that's, that's so the con- uh, no Alave, Alave. Uh, I hope he can okay. recover from that concussion. But with Michael Thomas, who knows? Alave looks so so good. Uh, Alave for me. Okay, yeah, I think we are on the same page there. Yeah, man, Devontae Smith is just so he's so good, and this offense looks so good. And you know, that's another thing too. That one thing we get further along the season, we start to understand like who these teams are and the ecosystem and stuff. Even to a point like I'd throw Cortland Sutton in this mix and be like. What I, re- I mean, I know Cortland Sutton's getting all the volume, but that's an ecosystem in Denver that could go downhill really quickly, like at any point, right? Especially with Russell Wilson dealing with a shoulder uh, situation. I've never been like the, the biggest, biggest Cortland Sutton fan as a player, although I respect him as like a, a good player, but not a great player. I think Devontae Smith is a great player, even if he's not going to get the volume that Cortland Sutton's going to get. Just weighing those two ecosystems are like, I even think that's an interesting question. Absolutely. Wilson could be a shutdown candidate dealing with that injury, too. It's something to think of. But it's hard to argue with the volume there so far. And I was even a Judy guy, but it's hard to argue with uh, Sutton's volume so far. I, I would I would rather Sutton over Devonta Smith. OK, fair enough. Yeah. But I do think just the more we go into the season, the more like ecosystems become clearer and clearer. Totally. All the things can change as we talked. Uh, you know, good stuff there. All right. We've waited long enough. <laughs> We have to preview Thursday Night Football now. Um, Literally, as we're recording this, I'm seeing that Jahan Dotson has been ruled out for week six. I think that's expected. Logan Thomas, I think, is probably a long shot to play in this game. So, Dalton, we've got Commanders at the Chicago Bears. Oh, boy. Let's dive into it, bro. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. Um, Mooney, what they like point out about Darnell Mooney is uh, sometimes air yardage share can be misleading. He's among the league leaders, and man, it's just well, because yeah. they don't they don't throw the ball at all. Um, he made a sick one handed catch last week, but man, I, he's still a stay away for me. Um, John Bates is a min- is a minimum here, ten bucks, so he's a DFS sleeper if uh, Thomas does miss this. Um, Brian Robinson just immediately took over the backfield. Uh, I'm beginning to think the Washington staff might be down on Antonio Gibson. It seems like um, so. This is this <laughs> what is gives you that. Minute. What gives you that impression? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's uh, only going to be more Robinson moving forward. I always make that joke in my column and inevitably get someone asking me if I was being serious or not when I state. I'm beginning to think and then state an overly obvious uh, statement. 
Uh, David Montgomery, uh, I was a huge uh, Khalil Herbert fan, but man, I mean, Montgomery just totally reclaimed the lead back role last week, 16 of 20 RB opportunities. Uh, so he's just going to get all the touches again this week. The Bears have the highest run rate over expectation uh, this season. So yeah, Montgomery, you're probably going to have to use in DFS in this matchup. It projects to be the lowest scoring of the week by far. Yeah, I mean, David Montgomery comes back and just gets his regular role. The, where where are you at, David Montgomery, like the, for, for this week, just running back ranking-wise? You've got him at running back 20, which is definitely like a clear-cut start candidate. Um, not the worst matchup in the world. Washington's another team that's like, are they kind of coming unraveled a little bit? I mean, Ron Rivera's uh, quarterback comment, like, bro. That was I weird, mean, yeah. No. That was bizarre. You know, his full comment wasn't terrible. Right. Like it wasn't it wasn't as bad as as the soundbite, but he absolutely get by going, um, you know, by saying like quarterback and having that pause. That was you're you're begging. You're begging the media at that point to to come after you. You're begging to be a soundbite all over social media with that one. So very weird. I mean, the whole the comment overall was, like I said, it's, it's better when you view it in context, but it's still, you know, <laughs> it's he's, he's still like kind of making a strange excuse because saying the difference between all these other guys in the NFC East is uh is is the quarterback well Daniel Jones at his fifth year option decline you know Jalen Hurts is great this year is second year in, in this system so I guess that's kind of to Ron's point but I mean freaking Cooper Rush back of quarterback what are we talking about here I know Heineke's there, but I'm ready for Sam Howell season. I have him for a dollar in a dynasty league. Uh, underrated prospect. Um, in all seriousness, this is a very, well, I am serious about Howell, honestly, in long term. But Wentz is going to be the guy for now. And uh, last week was especially frustrating because, I mean, I was with you you and P now. I mean, McLaurin and Samuel were set up for smash spots. It really yeah. it appeared that way. And then, of course, Brown, what did he catch? Two balls and both were scores? I mean, yeah, that's just absolutely bad luck there. So uh, frustrating. And now hopefully the Gibson Robinson doesn't turn into a total time share. I'm guessing that Robinson's just going to become basically the, the, the lead back there, but you probably want to wait and see approach, but yeah, it's going to be a real low scoring game, a defensive battle and not a lot of fantasy fireworks. Yeah. Um, hilarious. The Diami Brown thing. Um, he was <laughs> seventh on the team in routes run. <laughs> last week not even like he's the number four receiver two tight ends are ahead of there he runs 12 uh no 16 routes 16 routes for deami brown and he gets those looks it's just unbelievable it it is it's pure bad luck right um between how that but with that all happened uh by the way it was a six ppr receiver last week sandwiched between uh cup and Diggs. and he ran the the seventh most routes on his own team yeah i don't think that's sustainable uh, no, I, Dalton, I'm beginning to think that's not sustainable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ron Rivera, I found the, found the quote I was looking for. Uh, this was from Ben Standing. Ron Rivera said he spoke with the team and Carson Wentz about his comments yesterday, acknowledged he didn't state his points clearly and things went from there, but everyone is moving forward with the next game on Thursday. Quote from Rivera. I had a bad day. Oh, yeah, that's hey, who like again, who among us, Ron? We've 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 all stepped in front of a, a Mike Dalton. I could probably say after a few few of these shows, I had a bad day, man. I didn't state my points clearly, right? Like uh, you know, some sometimes the Sunday recap shows with Scott, I didn't state my point clearly, right? Uh, the waiver waiver shows with Austin on 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 Edge, I didn't state my point clearly. I had a bad day. 
Yeah, it happens. He walked it back. No big deal. They'll it'll be fine. Yeah, whatever. I mean, if there's any coach, I'm not super worried about a locker losing their locker room. It's him, right? I mean, isn't he right. always typically getting over? He's overachieving his roster, so I think it'll be fine. But it is weird the whole Went situation. It looked like he and Reich were super close, and he was practically pushed out the doors. I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, and teammates have said some things, but Wentz hopefully he can go back to it at least being fantasy productive by slinging it downfield. Uh, but man, yeah, he holds on to the ball so much, takes sacks, and is clearly missing plays out there that's beyond you know i'm not watching enough all 22 but obviously that you know rivera's not happy with 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 wentz's performance uh, no no matter who the other quarterbacks are in his division he's got a right shoulder injury too um right you know he's been participating he's questionable yeah he's listed as questionable yeah yeah i just i think there's a chance we see a different quarterback at some point but even for this matchup like the bears don't have a very good pass defense like they're they're bottom 10 in passing success or drop back success rate allowed um they do have a pretty decent pass rush which i always like it, it makes me a little bit nervous with carson wentz like they're not like one of the worst pressure rate teams or not one of the worst like quarterback hurry teams so that does maybe lead you to think maybe more Cur- curtis samuel is like that dump off guy but i'm i'll tell you what whatever his receiving yard line is i'm going back to the well on terry mclaurin this week pretty much same analysis I had with him against the Titans. I just don't think the De'Ami Brown thing happened. So I, I don't know if you can confidently start Terry McLaurin in fantasy. I have to start him on that that one in four team I keep bringing up. I got I to gotta play him because I drafted him early and the team is not good. Not a lot of replacements there. A lot of injuries on the bench. So that's what's going to happen. But I feel I do feel pretty good about Terry McLaurin this week. Yeah, look at it. Pressure rate, as you brought it up, both teams rank top seven in pressure rate. So if it wasn't already projected to be enough of a defensive battle, of course, the Bears would have to drop back to pass the ball to get pressured. And they don't like to do that either. No. So, um, yeah, going to be a defensive struggle here. And I'm sure Terry McLaurin's got to score a touchdown one of these weeks. And um, yeah, maybe why not? Why not Thursday night? Let's hope so. Let's hope he can re um rebuff his re recoup some of his goodwill build up some of his resume again in the public standing with a good island game not that i mean my god amazon's not gonna be selling a lot of subscriptions uh to to, for prime video for this game i would imagine although people love to watch these two teams are both very popular all right yeah people say it can't be worse than last week and then oh uh hold my beer you know i mean yeah we'll see (laughs) i feel like it'll be a better game just because you know there's at least some exciting players i don't know who knows anyways let's stop talking about this game that's going to do it for us on this show you can follow dalton on twitter at dalton del don for all of his flamethrower takes you can follow me on twitter at matt Harmon underscore byb and while you're there find some space in your timeline for at yahoo fantasy for god's sakes i will be back with both andy barons and scott pianowski tomorrow to preview the week six games until then we're out